Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 34. We are now in sequential digits. All right, so next okay. episode, we're going to 45. <laughs> 56. What if we were that, like, anal about the episode numbering that we had to just, everything had to be either like a double digit or, or like a s- similar digit or in numerical sequential order, something like that? That'd be a really fast way to boost up your number oh, yeah. of episodes, right? We start out with episode number 12, uh, or you could do zero one and then 12. 23, yeah. Mm-hmm. 34. Uh, we'd be in the hundreds by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but if welcome, uh, this is, of course, Secondary Fermentation Podcast uh, presented by East Carolina Beer and Brewing. You have me, who is Joe, and you also have... Nick D. Nick D. He is here. Elsie is not at the moment. Uh, she is held captive by other responsibilities. But she will be joining us for the Elsie Pig of the Week, I hear. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know she was captive. <laughs> she is. <laughs> yeah. She's tied up downstairs in the kitchen, and as soon as we're ready, we'll uh, go with her. <laughs> <laughs> we're sick of her ruining the podcast, so, you know, yeah. just kidding. And in she case the it. FBI is listening, that was totally a joke. <laughs> <laughs> she is alive and well and is not tied up. No, no, no. Uh, no, just she's doing some important stuff and she'll uh, join us in a bit. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. But we've got a beer in front of us right now. It is a session IPA. Uh, it is small wave session IPA from Grand Strang, Grand Strand Brewing Company, which is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Picked this up on a uh, little weekend trip I made out. You may have seen on the Instagram, posting up some beers from there. But yeah, picked this one up. Figured it'd be a nice little starter. It is a nice little starter. And you know, a session IPA is just perfect as we are into, we're officially into summer now. So it's felt like summer for a lot longer. But now that we're past the June 21st mark, we're we're in the clear to officially say it's summer. And uh Nothing like a good session IPA on the beach. Kind of breaks up the monotony of just those crisp, dry lagers and um, oh yeah, light ales. And that's what I picked this one up for the beach uh, specifically. Nice one to sit and crush. Uh, it's, and it, it lives up to that name. It's pretty light in flavor, not too heavy. It's got a decent multi-balance. Mm-hmm. Very low perceived bitterness, comparatively. Yeah, not really any particular hop flavor one way or the other. You know, it's not super tropical. It's not super floral. It's just kind of a mellow balance of like, hey, some hops are here. Yeah. Hey, some beer's here. (laughs) Yeah, so how was your trip to Myrtle Beach? Kind of talked a little about it. It was good, yeah. I mean, basically, we just... Went to the beach, got to check out a few breweries, went to uh, Grand Strand Brewing, of course, but we also went to New South Brewing, mm-hmm. which is a cool little spot. They have like limited tap room hours, but you're kind of just chilling, hanging out, drinking in the brewery, which is pretty cool. They also have like, I love it when they've got like a keg of water and they have a keg of hop water on too. Oh, so. yeah. And I actually picked up a six pack of the hop water too. It's like six bucks. I was like, that's a steal considering a four pack of the Lagunitas, uh, Hoppy refreshers like twelve bucks or something. Yeah, and you know I never thought about it, but hop water would be great for the beach too, just uh, to bring along some hydration oh, yeah. to go with your uh, your beer drinking. Uh, yeah, stay hydrated and grabbed a six pack of that, brought it to the beach the next yeah. day, and I was like, oh, perfect. 
because it can be hard to you know bring along a big jug of water um and then i was obviously the supply runs out so you get a six pack of that and that's good for uh, a yeah. day at the beach yeah i usually don't bring water to the beach i just go out to the ocean and take a big swig <laughs> big swig you know it's it's a little salty but yeah every once in a while you get a little bit of algae maybe uh, a fish or something like that you know just... yeah and then you puke immediately but <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. puking up the beer so you're getting all that out of your mm-hmm. system so. yeah yeah just becoming massively dehydrated yeah that's the, the that's the recipe right there that's the spirit but no, we got to go check out some uh, places, get some good food. We went to this uh, small little place, had like kind of a tapas vibe, some cocktails, got like a nice smoked old fashioned. Oh, I had another cocktail that was really good. It was like bourbon with like Cointreau and lime juice and something else. It's called the Dragon's Breath and it was smoked too. And it was like not a combination that would have been like, yes, let me make something like this. <laughs> but it was really good. Like it tasted really good and. It was nice. Yeah. Paired well. Nice complex cocktail. Some session IPAs, mm-hmm. some tapas. Yeah. And then hit up some breweries. Went, uh, you know, checked out a bar for a little bit, listened to some live music, and then pretty low-key trip, though. Just went home, chilled, got up, went to the beach again the next day. Chilled and Rinse read repeat. a book. <laughs> Reading a book. Getting sun. Hey, you're not sunburned either. That yeah. Just really, really well with the SPF. Didn't really get too tan either, but I'd rather not get burned. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It, they always say, oh, you can still tan while you have sunblock on. But I found that I just don't tan very well when I have any on. At least it's just very, it's so gradual and so, I guess, unnoticeable that it takes a long time for it to like build up. And nobody has time for that. The summer is short. Yeah. <laughs> go just, out there and get fried one time yep. per summer. Just go out, cover myself with some nice peanut oil. Yeah. And let it crisp. Go <laughs> <Get> crispy. <laughs> Those third degree burns will heal. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Oh, man. Ouch. That My hurt. forehead, now that I'm sporting a shorter haircut, I'm out this weekend disc golfing and like right at the top of my head, I'm like, oh, that, that area needs some Sunscreen. SPF now. Put, rub it up on top. Yeah. I had a little more hair to cover it. I mean, not a lot more, but enough, enough that it shielded it. Now I'm like, I can't just look at you know my nose and my fo- I've got like a six head at this point so <laughs> got to really worry about those corners. You get the corners. Thanks really a lot, Dad. Corners, yeah, dude, Dad. Wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a good trip overall. Uh, and you went out to Charlotte, right? Yeah. Did you get to... a chance to hit up any breweries or? So this trip was a little more, um, a little a little different. We went. Uh, Jen and I went to meet with my younger sister Annie. Shout out if you're listening, Annie. Um, I don't know. If she actually tunes in every week. I think Brand usually is pretty good, but um, she better start. Yeah, she gets one <laughs> shout out, and if she's not listening, that's her loss. So uh, yeah, we met up with her, her fiance Matt, and then uh, their friends Clayton and Kenzie, who live in Fayetteville. Uh, yeah, we went to an arcade bar. I had actually a couple beers there on draft. Uh, Pins Mechanical. They had a pretty large tap selection. I think they're draft board was about 25 or 30 different beers some local some international actually i had a uh mm-hmm. a hefeweizen from a, a german brewery which was pretty cool i thought you were gonna say i had a molson yeah <laughs> 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 that's a very international beer yeah. i had a moosehead <laughs> yeah i had a moosehead lager <laughs> had a uh corona had a corona <laughs> cerveza yeah uh so otherwise i didn't really dabble too much in the craft brew uh 
But except, actually, I take that back. Here's a fun story that I almost forgot about. Uh, part of the weekend, we went to one of Jack Brown's counterparts, oh, Billy Jack's. Billy Jack's. Which Billy Jack Shack is in Charlotte in the Noda district, and uh, had had a beer there actually from Nebraska Brewing Company, right in my old stomping grounds. Ooh. This brunette nut brown ale, and uh, we got some uh, some patches for our not shirts. Had a Jello shots there, which is totally different because it's actually like a bar instead of just a burger and beer joint. Oh, really? That's the nuance that Billy Jack Shack has. Hmm. They actually serve like a full bar, and then they have a different menu. They have some of the same burgers, but they also have different sandwiches. You can get like appetizers and things like that. So oh, weird. That was pretty cool. Similar yeah. vibe when you go in there, but different menu. Uh, that was a good time. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I also had a Pilsner Urquell for the first time. Ooh. <laughs> Which is kind of like a meme beer, I feel like. Yeah, it is, but it's still a, a classic. Yeah. Classic Pilsner. Nice little Czech Pilsner. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Ben Self from uh, Local Local, our buddy Ben, would probably love that option. But uh, yeah, so I had about a half a dozen or so maybe on the weekend, but just a lot of bush light. <laughs> and, just uh, getting tons of bush light. Yeah, you know, no shame in that. No shame. I think I had a Czech Pils too, but it was... Not actually from the Czech Republic. From the Czech. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. Uh, in about a month, I'll be going to Myrtle Beach myself. So maybe I'll have to take some of your recommendations when yeah. I go down there. Well, if you're on the way, I suggest that you stop at Mackay Brewing Company. Uh, this is actually a North Carolina beer, but it's uh, very southeast North Carolina. It's an ocean isle. And Elsie uh, and I actually stopped on the way back. It was a recommendation from uh, Ryan on Facebook. He said, hey, you got to check this place out. And I saw it on the way down, but we were kind of just trying to get down there, so didn't really have any time to stop. But on the way back, we made a little time, and uh, we went there. It was good. Nice. And I have a nice little deli next door. Got a, a great, I got a chicken parm sandwich. Lauren got a- Oh, chicken parm Sam. I love nice that. Reuben. It was great. Uh, we also got a tiku glass. We picked up some beers, and we're about to crack one for you right now. Cracking of a beer. Cracking a beer. So this beer is Mango Reef. Nick first read it, thought it said <laughs> Mango Beef, but very interesting Mango Beef. I don't know. I'd try it if I saw Mango Beef uh, on the menu. Maybe not as a beer, but... No. Well, on an unrelated note, I'm going to the optometrist next week. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I think it just... I don't know. Mango Beef just sounded like a, a good menu item. I don't know. I feel like it would it have to be like ground beef like tacos taco, maybe with yeah. some like mango salsa on it or something like that but yeah not the worst combination but mango reef sounds really refreshing mm-hmm. i will say i actually did have this beer at the brewery it's a blonde ale that's brewed with mango puree four and a half percent abv and super aromatic that's the one thing about this beer it is like just super sweet smelling super fruity smelling definitely puts the mango in its name it puts the reef in mango reef. It's the reef. Real bits of reef. <laughs> this wow. is not a reef-friendly beer. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. No, this is a, yeah, a lot of aroma. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice head. It leaves some lace on the glass. It has a, you know, clear, very clear body. Nice golden color. Just really, like, exploding with flavor. And a nice light ABV, too. Yeah, it has a lot of more a lot more complexity for a Blondale than I'm used to. I think adding that puree is just taking it to another level. 
And, you know, a lot of times I feel you'd, you'd find something like a mango puree and maybe like a wheat ale, but it's nice to see it in a blonde. Yeah. Blonde ale is usually not a style that I'm reaching for. Uh, just generally not my my usual cup of tea. You know, I'll usually go for lagers or even lately I've been trying a lot of brown ales. Um, but this yeah. one just, Lauren got it and I was like, hey, let me try this. They had a, a great deal there actually where you get a tiku glass and a full pour in said tiku glass for 10 bucks. I was like, it can't be that. Unbelievable, actually. It cannot be that. So we got a couple tiku glasses. And this <laughs> is, it's only a few certain beers that you yeah. can get in it, and this is one of them. So. Okay. But this one was good. Smelled great. Tastes great. can't have too many tiku glasses either. If you don't have one, uh, look up tiku, T-E-K-U, find a tiku glass, or go to a brewery and find one for sale. A lot of them are on their retail shelves. So. Oh yeah. And the legit ones say have tikus like embossed on yeah. the base of the glass. It's just a, an all around great beer drinking glass. It looks kind of like a stemmed wine glass, but it, the top kind of flares out a little bit more to help with some of those volatile aromas, concentrating those yeah. at the top for you. You can almost throw away every single other beer glass, <laughs> <laughs> throw them in the trash, just, just smash them violently. Um, no, great choice. Though. I mean, I'm also curious how much filtration it took to get all that puree out of the the beer. I oh, mean, I know, right? It's super clear. Very clean. Just a clean looking beer, clean smelling beer. Just super mangoey notes, and then just the rest is just clean blonde ale coming through. Very drinkable, very crushable beer. It's not overly sweet. No. It's more just like aromatic and flavorful, kind of juicy, but not a hop juicy. Yeah, huge fan of that. Great pick, and uh, appreciate you sharing one of these. I uh, might have to stop through Ocean Isle Beach then when we're heading down there next month. Yeah, Makai is a great little great little find on the side of the highway. Pop in, yeah, grab a beer. That was recommended from one of our uh, followers on Facebook, you said. Mm-hmm. So we- thanks for the, uh, act- the uh, active participation and giving us some recommendations out there if you're ever – and uh, paying attention to our Instagram or Facebook and you see something uh, that we haven't tried, comment or share it with us and we'd like to go give it a give it a go. And uh, I mean, it turned out to be a good treat. You got some good glasses out of it. Mm-hmm. Quality beer. Just and don't comment, a, promote it at whatever <laughs> weird site. Yeah. We've been getting a ton of those lately, I feel like. Promote it on beer crazy. Promote it on at this. A lot yeah. of bots. Oh, yeah. It's like you want to get your hashtags out there for all the right reasons. But, of course, that's just going to attract some of those bots. Oh, yeah. Crazy. But, yeah, so today we have a little bit of a a different topic. You know, we're talking about a mango beer. But why not a purple yam beer? Yeah. Also known as ube. You know, I kind of saw this. I'll I'll admit I got the idea. I saw an article on vinepair.com. Uh, it was one of those things that came up in my uh, like Google News feed on my phone telling me things. And I was like, that's interesting. What is this? So looking it up, there's a bunch of different beers. And I was like, what is Ube? U-B-E. Uh, yeah. And Ube is a, basically it's a purple yam that's used in a lot of Filipino dessert dishes. It's kind of a sweeter yam i've seen some things that say has like a more vanilla kind of flavor Mm -hmm. uh sweeter side some starchy some earthy flavor 
but apparently it's like blowing up as an ingredient for a lot of things. And I guess there's been some beers out there over the years that have had ube in them, but it's starting to become a little bit more of a popular thing. So I saw that sent us Nick is like, Hey, you want to talk about this on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hadn't heard of it myself and frankly, I don't think it's super talked about yet. There's not a lot of articles, blogs out there really discussing it. It's just kind of been going on behind the scenes. Uh, apparently yeah. I read some stuff on Reddit in the Reddit homebrewing, so, uh, the subreddit on, on there. And the people were talking about this in the last two, three years or so that they had tried a recipe using Ube. So I think some homebrewers have tried it. Some actual micro breweries have been putting it out there, kind of giving some, uh, credence to that Filipino culture and cuisine, but uh, yeah, unbeknownst to us, apparently, until that article you uh, you found, it's so interesting because I think my Google feed also just knows what I'm searching for all the time oh, or what yeah. I'm interested <laughs> in because it's everything will pop up and it's it's how we've kind of kept up to date with some of the uh, you know local or I guess national beer news really with yeah. like Sycamore and Stone lawsuits and you yeah, know things yeah. of that nature it pops up on our stuff and it's like hey. Check this out. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. But yeah, it's uh, interesting. I mean, I think oh, it kind of makes sense to put it in a beer, right? I mean, I've seen recipes out there for ice cream, for like different cake-like desserts, mm-hmm. some like pudding desserts things. But it makes sense to put it in a beer. I mean, sweet potato beers are out there. Yep. They exist, but they're not super common. I mean. Kind of more seasonal. Mm-hmm, definitely a, a seasonal kind of thing around that like Thanksgiving, fall yeah. time. But this one, very interesting, purple yam. Love to try one. Too bad we couldn't get our hands on one for this yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, no, we kind of looked into it. And Casita Brewing Company and Wilson, one of our sort of regional favorites, they actually did a sour with Ube. I think it was first produced in the fall, like November. They may have done another run of it in the spring. I can't be sure. But uh, hopefully they do something like that again. We might have to reach out to them and see if they have any plans because they're super local. They do a lot of distribution in this area. So we could easily get our hands on a can or a pint mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah, and what I saw is a lot of like West Coast breweries are doing it, which I feel kind of, you know, that California stuff. They're usually ahead of the curve with some of the beer things. Yeah. Trend, you know, before the trends, all the big trends come over. And plus the different populations, especially when you're talking about like Filipinos. We don't have a, in North Carolina, huge Filipino population, at least in our Eastern North Car- Carolina area. So. Not really something we're exposed to too much, but that was definitely an interesting concept. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's surprising because they talked about it in, in this article, you know, sometimes articles use like inflammatory language to get things across, but <laughs> yeah, they're like, is this the, is this the biggest new ingredient? Or it's like, this is this the, the newest trend in beer? And, but it's not like one of those trends that you see that just like explode and everyone's doing it. It's something that's a, it's a little interesting in it gives beer a really unique kind of purple color, mm-hmm. like very vibrant purple, which I can't say I've had too many purple beers. <laughs> no, not, I mean, maybe some like Berliner Weisses or uh, fruited sours that just have a bit of a pinkish purple, but this purple is almost like, uh, what's that McDonald's guy? Grimace. Grimace, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a, and, and actually I think that color varies based on the the type of ube because there's different different purple yams there's different levels of purple in their colors i, I noticed uh, some 
have more of a brownish purple color when you get the final product. Some are bright purple, kind of like a slushy almost, or like melted purple ice cream. But yeah, I mean, it's, and actually is, uh, I was reading that they actually are, the, the color is water soluble. So it's creating a lot of issues with like staining and stuff too. So oh, it's yeah. actually, it could be, they're using it as a potential like food coloring agent, which is great when you have a natural food coloring agent, but also when you're using it in a product that goes through tap lines and things like <laughs> yeah. brewing equipment, you don't want to have <laughs> purple rings everywhere. Purple. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I feel like at that point you kind of have to change them out. Like you can't, how are you gonna clean that out? Oh, it it would be like here's my Ube beer line. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Exclusive for that. I wonder if it flavor stains them too, or if it just like color stains it. It's a great question. I don't know, cause that's another interesting thing about the Ube use in brewing. It seems like it's been so far used in a lot of different styles, whereas other yams or sweet potatoes, kind of more traditional yams and sweet potatoes are kind of exclusive to some like brown ales and some kind of more malty beers but yeah uh the the ubes have been used in yeah i mean milkshake ipas there's uh fruited sours things like that and they have just you know different of enough of a flavor profile that they can be more versatile i guess yeah they can kind of be used all over the board and if, if you think about the flavor i mean if you're talking about sweet nutty uh, earthy flavors, some vanilla flavor, like that can kind of go all over the place, really. I mean, depending on what you're trying to do, and it's mm-hmm. probably not like an overly offensive flavor either. So it's it's very usable, very manipulatable, I guess, for your recipe. But there's been, I mean, yeah, sours, milkshake IPAs, yeah. tons of different things. There's some very correct, like interesting names too. A lot around Star Wars, you know, like Ube Wan. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, there's another one that has a Star Wars reference too. But yeah, there was a an Ube milkshake IPA from this place in San Diego, uh, Harlan Brewing Company. And I looked at the picture, and that's where I noticed. I was like, that looks, that looks like grimace, or it just looked like a purple slushy in a glass. It, it was so strong, purple. Yeah. Uh, the person that. Uh, I saw check this in <laughs> on Untapped. Said this tastes like a glazed blueberry donut, thick and creamy, sweet and tasty pastry taste sensation. <laughs> I gave it four point seven five. They might actually be an insider. It looks almost like a four point eight or four point nine bottle ah, cap rating. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so apparently people are liking it too. It's from what I've seen, some of the Untapped uh, check-ins for different beers that have been using Ube have pretty good average ratings. So. It's not something that's been, I guess, polarizing. It seems to be universally pretty pretty yeah. well received. And people have been... I've been seeing some of the brewers that have been kind of early into this trend. And they talk about just, you know, having trouble stocking it enough. Because as soon as they put something on tap, it's gone within a day or two. And if they can something, it's people are waiting in line to get it. And oh, yeah. So... Yeah, and I, I mean, even just going on here, like, secondhand market stuff. Like, I've seen a four-pack for, like... 90 plus dollars oh, for like insane. ube one and stuff here's another one's called ube bay cheesecake from tilted ube bay. and uh some dude posted a picture of it and somebody wrote on it their their profile name is dangsta i like it dangsta dangsta <laughs> uh and they said hella dark very insightful dangsta thank you for that one hella dark oh gosh and then there's a uh comment on there 
That's not great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little, uh, it's a family podcast. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So very interesting ingredient. Very deep. Like some of these beers have a super deep purple color. Like I'm talking like grape Kool Aid. Like don't spill it on your shirt or you are permanently stained. And then there's some that vary to like a lighter pinkish purple. But oh yeah, it's. I mean, you're even looking at some of the the dishes and the desserts that ube has been used in, in traditional Filipino dishes. Uh, I mean, depending on where you're using it, if it's just in kind of like a stew or some kind of, uh, savory dish like that, not as strong of a color presence. It kind of, you know, adds a little bit of depth to it, but in desserts, like their cakes and donuts and things like that, the ube halaya, that purple is like potent. It's just, it pops. And so, I think that color really draws your eyes into to something like that. And so you see a beer in a glass that's just a strong, rich purple color. It's like, I want to try that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen some interesting things about brewing with it too. You know, I've seen some people try some recipes where they just put the whole purple yam in and, and went for it. But, uh, I've seen some things where people have better results with like a powdered form oh, of yeah. the yam, you know? And then it's interesting, you know, we were talking about, talking about it before the pod, but, you would think it'd be almost like another source of fermentable sugar. Well, I guess it kind of is, but like that you would add during the mashing process or doing that. But a lot of people are using it kind of as a dry hop during that fermentation period, just tossing it in there, adding that starch, adding in that color, adding in that flavor uh, without really overwhelming things. So I could see if you're at that point, you want to add a big watery vegetable in. So right, adding in some powder, adding in some extract would uh, alleviate a little bit of that, but very interesting not the typical thought i would have had for yeah. brewing with it oh yeah i when I, I when you first sent that i was thinking like oh they're I wonder if they're just like chopping up yams and throwing them into the <laughs> yeah. the it's not like the ash tun i'm like wait a minute that probably wouldn't turn yeah. out very well it's not like the instagram post where you see them just dumping like 30 dozen yeah. uh crispy cream donuts into the oh yeah into the mash Gosh. tun fermenter <laughs> just eat well, I mean, and just in general, it seems like, you know, Ube as a product has been, over the last maybe five to ten years, has been been booming in the U.S. And, it, you know, it's driven by a lot of, like I said, Filipino cult, culture and cuisine. Uh, I know Trader Joe's has a lot of Ube products, which Trader Joe's seems to have, you know, more, a product line that kind of lends itself to what's kind of trendy or what's popular amongst, uh, you know, a younger demographic or, you know, they're very inclusive with what they have as far as different types of cuisine. So makes sense that they would carry stuff like that if it's becoming popular. But like you can get ube, like pretzels, like ube tea, pretzels. jam. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, on Reddit, if you look up ube, like the top 10 hits are from Trader Joe's products. Interesting. And, uh, and people use them in like waffles and things like that. I mean... So I think they also sell as like a powder form you can use as like a substitute for uh, maybe like flour, different kind of yeah. baking things and add a little bit starchy. of color to it. Yeah. yeah, add some color, maybe a little flavor to it. Very interesting uh, ingredient. And I don't think I've noticed it before. I don't know. Have I just not been paying attention? Or, I mean, we also don't have a Trader Joe's in town, so we have to go over to, to Raleigh to hit that up. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do that next time we're in Raleigh. And I'm curious to start looking out for more ube beer or beers that have used ube that are kind of out this way it seemed like casita was one of the closest ones mm-hmm. there was a brewery in florida uh matt if you're listening maybe uh let us know if you've had it yeah 
Ube. Yeah, I can't remember what the name of it was, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just kind of just looking all over, and it like like I said earlier, it's just kind of hard to find information or people talking about it as it pertains to beer, just because it is still a little bit relatively new. It just it really hasn't popped off. It's been around for a handful of years at least, and as far as in a craft brewing sense, but it's been just kind of under the radar, I guess. Well, look what the cat dragged in. What's up, folks? It's LC. Just speaking in time. Of, speaking of Ube. Ube. We're just I'm Ube. Finishing up our discussion on the uh, versatile yam with a deep purple color. Oh, lovely. I'll have to listen to this episode. Well, for once, you'll listen to an episode. Yeah. <laughs> what was I- the last episode you listened to? Wow. Wow. I'm sorry. I actually listened to last week's because... <laughs> I actually the, listened two weeks to last ago. week's. Wow. Well, the last two, I th- actually the last two in a row, I think I've listened to it all the way through. I usually start off listening to it and then... You're like, I already know what I said. I know what I've said. I detest the sound of my voice, so therefore it's not really an enjoyable <laughs> experience for me to listen so to So does myself. everybody else. Ah, so you got the Tiku glasses out. Yeah, we really we enjoyed this uh, Mango Reef. Oh, yeah. I thought it was super good. Um, it was, it had been a while since I had like a wheat beer. Um, and I thought it was a nice balance of fruitiness and hop. Wow. I think Joe said something very similar. Really? Oh, did I? You guys are on the same page. Ooh. Same. I actually picked that one out. She did. She picked it. Yeah. So you could almost say it's an Elsie pick of the week. LC pick of Tuesday. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on Ube before we get into the real LC pick of the week? Um, I have to look up what Ube is. Have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to listen to this episode to find out more about yeah. what Ube was. <laughs> we've decided next time we go to Raleigh, we've got to hit up Trader, Trader Joe's and just scour. They have oh a lot gosh. of Ube products. I love Trader Joe's. But also, maybe one of the next time we do a homebrew, we could get some Ube pur- puree, some dried puree, so we can add that as a uh, fermentable yeah. addition for some... I do need to change my beer line soon anyway. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Stain. It's very stainy. Oh, yeah. That should be kind of fun. Hashtag stain gang. Because yeah, there's a really good recipe a on... Stain gang. I haven't seen him, I haven't seen anybody use that hashtag in a while. I guess people have been drinking super thick beers. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, this would be nice. This is, this is a recipe on Reddit's homebrewing subreddit uh, for an American Golden Ale that they have an edition of Ube. And really, it looks like the the biggest edition is the five pounds of the. As long as you get five pounds of uh, <laughs> an Ube puree. Just five pounds of Ube puree. Ube. All day. I like Can you make your own ube puree? If you had ube. How, where do you get ube from? eBay. eBay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, actually. Facebook Marketplace? <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> that reminds me of, like, you ever see, like, Facebook Marketplace, like, oh, you're not on Facebook, but, like, Facebook Marketplace, people will be, like, selling cookies that they made. They're like, oh, homemade chocolate chip cookies. It's like, yeah, let me buy it from some rando. I don't Absolutely trust not. you. I do not trust your kitchen. Who wants some I do fried cr- chicken? <laughs> no. Oh, no, gosh. I don't want Facebook fried chicken. Like, no. Stop. So why would I not just go to like KFC or Bojangles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It probably is that, but then they're trying to resell it. Like, oh man. Bless. 
don't lowball me. I know what I got. <laughs> <laughs> what I got is Bojangles. <laughs> we, got, we got this. We got a five-piece Supreme meal. Wait, is, that a, is there even a five-piece or is it four-piece? I think it's four. Oh, four-piece. I failed. Yeah. I failed. Sometimes you might get a bonus piece. And it's five pieces, but you only pay for four. I feel like lately it's the opposite. It's like you get three oh gosh, and baby, a little shrimpy one. Says, yeah. But anyway. All right, back to Elsie's pick of the week. Assume the positions. And that means they're giving me glasses just for all of our listeners. It's there not goes that Elsie kind of podcast. Smacking the mic again. I'm not looking, I promise. I'm just making sure that I'm in range of my microphone because I just remembered, and you guys are probably going to think I'm not a true North Carolinian, which I'm but wait. not born and raised here. Okay. <laughs> I'm a transplant, but I just had a Bojangles Bowberry biscuit oh, for the did? first time and the cinnamon one. Oh, I've not had the cinnamon And it's just one. covered in like glazed oh, yeah, or like icing or whatever. It's a delight. Oh, it was okay, the yeah, best. But only one, not oh. a six pack. Well, they're I didn't pretty order big. A six pack? You did. No. I would eat a six pack of the Bowberry biscuit. Oh, it's biscuits. so sweet, though. I don't care. Really it's delicious. One. Let's make a Bowberry biscuit beer. Yeah. Okay. Bowberry I mean, biscuit sweet. sour. I feel like it needs to be bready. It can be bready. Bready. Uh-huh. Maybe biscuity. Biscuity. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Mm, I'm getting know. notes of bread. <laughs> Cracker. You like some crackery? No, it's biscuity. <laughs> Buttery flaky crust. Buttery flaky biscuity crust. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. The sound of that pour in my headphones. Mmm. It's nice. Ooh, you're scraping up the table. We forgot to put a cover on your side. Folks, please ignore the audio mishaps. Technical difficulties. All right, I have a beer in hand. Thanks, Elsie. Whoa. I'm so far away from Elsie. I just stuck my nose in a mountain of foam. Okay, we're switching up from our session IPA into the blonde ale, and now we're going into a really malty beer. I'm getting lots of vanilla straight off. Oh, yeah. Some vanilla, but also maybe a touch of a touch of chocolate in there, too? Yeah. You getting booze? Yeah, I'm getting some alcohol notes in there as well. Bourbon sends the bite. So we might have ourselves a barrel-aged stout. Perhaps an imperial stout. Good level of foam for... That style, as I can tell by my nose. <laughs> as my nose is soaking. All right, I'm going to go for a sip here. Not as intense as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you know, the body also is a little bit thinner. It's not as viscous, I guess, as some other these uh, maybe high-gravity stouts. But Yes, yeah, true. Notes of chocolate, roast, a little bit of coffee. I don't know, are you getting a ton of coffee or? Not a ton of roast for me. It's like more on the sweet end of the stout spectrum. I'm getting like the the roastiness on the like retro nasal tasting. That's where like that bitter, dark roasty kind of. Yeah. I was thinking I almost get kind of like a bitter, dark chocolate. Yeah. Uh, which is very similar to like a, a roast or like a coffee I'm getting like a burnt toast kind of a sensation. Ooh, burnt it. toast. 
Are you having a stroke, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, really smooth. I'm wondering, actually, this may not be an Imperial Stout because it's pretty pretty drinkable. Oh, yeah. It's not very harsh, not very... It's actually not as boozy tasting. No, it's I'm not getting, like, a lingering first, flavor of alcohol. It's rather... It's very drinkable. It's quite good, actually. This contrast to what I first thought, this would be, like, a nice warm weather beer to me. I've opened my eyes and looked at it. It looks about like I expected. Oh, the head is a lot more tan than I yeah. thought it was. It's got that kind of espresso crema vibe almost. It's inky black, though. It is super dark. Completely blocks all the light coming through it. Good level of foam. I mean, just persistent head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, visually looks really nice. The head is persistent. Really dark. Kind of inky black, as you mentioned. A little on the drier side, too. Yeah. But. Oh, boy. And I retro nasal, I'm still getting just, like, mostly, like, dark chocolate or, like, cocoa. That kind of, like, un- like less sweet chocolate. You don't um, think the, the... I don't know if the body stands up to, like, a milk stout kind of a vibe. Are you getting that, or? Uh, that's... It's close, but I almost feel like, yeah, like you said, it's a little it's dry, so... I feel like... Oh man, this is a stumper. I think it's I almost to... wanted to say like like a chocolate stout. Yeah. Which is kind of like more of a sweet stout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a dry Irish stout. It's just like no. a... Yeah, somewhere in that sweet stout category. I don't think it's like... It doesn't seem like it's big boy. No. Like that, like Imperial or high ABV. I think but moderate. I guess it probably sits like the... I'm going to say uh, 5.7. Okay. I'm going to say yeah, like sweet stout, probably, I'll say like 6.4 ABV. All right, Lauren. Put us out of our misery. All right. Well, you have guessed correctly that it is a stout. Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Good oh, job. Oh, this looks like a. Raspberry wheat beer. <laughs> oh, it's a Kolsch. Son of a gun. I, I would tell you not to quit your day job. It's a Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> not again. Son of a... So this is a beer, actually, Nick, you have had before. Oh. Um. I should know this. <laughs> should you? Should you? One of the almost the 1,800 beers I've had. I mean, I don't know why you didn't single this taste out. Hold on. Um, now, that, now that you've said that. Yeah, just take another swig. Is this from Highwire? It is not. Dang it. Well, I'm um, out of guesses. So it is a collab um, <gasps> with Duck Rabbit and Casita. Oh. Wait. Oh. This is their American Stout Double Nickels on the Dime. Double Nickels ah. on the Dime. This is at the Casita Collab Fest. So it's a brew with a variety of malts and hops with Centennial. Isn't this a brown ale, though? So it has it listed as an American Stout. In the oh, okay. Stout as so well. I was thinking Double Nickels on the Dime was I a... thought Double Nickels on the Dime was a... Stout on the ah, weird. Yeah. I'm thinking of the other beer with the what was the beer with the dog on it? That was oh, cowboy. It's like the one with boots, yeah. yeah. Boots, yeah. I already had that one, yeah. I had um, this like a seed collab fest, and you were on the money. Oh, it says it's a dry rye stout. Sorry, rye stout, rye, <laughs> oh. dry rye stout. Sorry, my thing was maybe being that's covered. a burnt toast kind of a that could be it. That dark wow. bread, we suck. I mean, you were very close with the ABV, it was 5.5. 
Nice. So you get, right. That's a win. Yeah. I'm a walking. But you sucked at everything else. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just wow. Uh, cool. Interesting, because like I mean, obviously, there's there's hop like hops are present in beer, but some styles like accentuate that a little bit more. I don't yeah. know if Centennial hops are meant to be kind of subdued or uh, pretty mild in flavor and aroma. I didn't get much. No, it's not there. overwhelming with hop. But now that you say it, like I really just rye, get that. I can get a rye on the finish. You know, it's yeah. like hmm. I still think I'm just like getting a lot of that like bittersweet chocolate. Yeah. Wow. I agree. Kind of the bittersweet chocolate. Really nice. Bittersweet. Did yeah. you try any more? Coconibs. Yeah. I left a little bit in the can for me. Uh, for you? I shouldn't have a... No one Give it got a sniff. me a glass. Give it a sniff. You know, and how fitting that you picked uh, Duck Rabbit, because our upcoming podcast episode may have something very special to Duck Rabbit. We'll see. Maybe very special. Maybe. Just a little We're going to have some rabbit stew. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> or ducks kidding. too. We're gonna have Peking duck and rabbit stew. <laughs> Very eclectic menu. We're switching to a weird combination podcast. Actually I just had Peking duck uh a couple weekends ago. What was it peeking at? <laughs> uh, wow, this He's is... here all week. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, this is a stain gang beer though. Look yeah. Oh yeah. Make sure you rinse that glass well. Yes, I will. But yeah, okay, so we kind of got there. But yeah, as we alluded to, make sure you check out next week. Well, next two weeks episode, we're going to have a special uh, episode for you then. It'll be pretty cool. I'm excited to do it. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be real cool. Uh, You know, and uh, shout out to our listeners that uh, suggest some places to us. It's uh, always great to have those recommendations and they turn out they turn out pretty dang good yeah thanks ryan thanks thank you thank you i don't i don't actually engage with the facebook people unfortunately because i'm not on facebook mm-hmm. i could just use the app for that purpose alone and just not ever log yeah. into my personal account you know that would actually be cool i have a hard time with a facebook because it's like a page i created so it's like hard for me to like check things not i mean my personal account i haven't posted anything in like forever other than my profile picture but it's uh it's it's weird it's weird it's one of our lower engagement things too but but yeah shout out to the listeners uh all over the place you know we've gotten some quite a few new sprouts of uh listeners in different places you know especially uh across the pond Got some good places. We got some uh, our our buddies up in Prince Edward Island still listening strong. We're just getting some some new places all over. So appreciate the listens. If you're using VPNs and tricking us as to your location, also that's cool too because we don't know the difference and we're just here, fat, dumb, and happy. So speak for yourself. You know what did you guys learn today? I'm curious, Lauren. What'd you learn in your short time here? Um, I learned I need to look up what ube is or wait until this podcast is published and published. Um, learn more learn more <laughs> what'd you learn nick um i learned that you've gotta gotta be really careful with your ube and how you introduce it to your your beer if you're brewing you've gotta make sure if you want something that's not overly potatoey and starchy flavored You've got to get that kind of 
process processed and like uh, dehydrated and powderized version of it. It's kind of like a dry hopping agent. It'll add more of that flavor because a lot of times stuff in the boil, you don't get as much of the flavor off. Kind of like with, you know, the purpose of dry hopping with hops is uh, after firm or after the boil's done and you're fermenting, you want to get some of those kind of potent oils to to come forth and have more flavor and less bitterness. So didn't know that would be the same concept with something of this variety. So I don't know. It seems like it's kind of a volatile ingredient, but it has potential to be delicious so oh yeah for sure how about you oh boy what did i learn i learned that i have horrible bad jokes oh wait i already knew that uh and that you know it's always great to get some engagement some listeners uh and get some recommendations you never know what you will find you might find a real gem but that concludes episode 34 and we're talking about ube thank you for listening to secondary fermentation presented by east carolina beer and brewing check us out on our website at eastcarolinabeer.com if you want to get in touch with us hit us up on instagram at east carolina beer facebook east carolina beer and brewing we're also on twitter at east beer if you want to email us maybe uh, send us some deets some recommendations or if you even want to send us some beer just hit us up there east carolina beer at gmail.com and uh as always cheers and we'll see you in the next episode cheers cheers, cheers.